This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Yes, you guys can go ahead and find a place to be seated. It's a great morning. We've got a ton of stuff to do. So, um, you know, I, I want to say happy Sunday, especially to those of you who are brand new to New Life. And I know on Mother's Day, there's any number of reasons why you could be here. You could be here because you just moved to town and you're looking for a church home. And if that's your case, I want to say welcome. And and I hope that we get to be that church. You could be here because it's Mother's Day and your mother said, you know what you could do for me on Mother's Day? I want to drag you to church with me. Okay? I want to say, if that's the reason why you're here, welcome. I hope you have a great time this morning. I hope you learn something. And I hope that in some way you connect with God, maybe in a way that you never have. You could be here because you're just beginning to check out this Christianity thing and, and, and so you're venturing into a church. And I want to say welcome to you. Or you could be here because you're in a tough spot in life. And you're sort of here as... A, well, I don't know. Maybe I could find an answer at church. Uh, I, regardless of why you're here, I've prayed that in some way God will meet you here and you will meet God here. And uh, so welcome this morning uh, to Mother's Day. Uh, we're going to learn some lessons from an amazing mother. Um, and I've simply called this message One Mother's Story. Uh, and but before we get into that, for those of you who are new and sort of don't know the protocols and the lay of the land around here, if you'll take your program and pull out two, two pieces of paper that uh, are very important at New Life, we use them every Sunday, and the first is the tall skinny card that says start here. On the bottom of the, that side, there's a place for you to put in your contact information. We make this card available every single Sunday. It's how the people who come to our church, yes, even people who are here for the first time, it's how you can connect with our staff. It's how you can ask for information. It's how you can ask the staff to pray about something that's happening in your life, some concern you may have. Uh, It's how, boy, it's how you pretty much do everything in our church. So, uh, but it begins with all of us putting our name in the contact information part. And if we don't have your email address, please take the time to put that in there. That way, if we need to get a hold of you, we can. can set that aside for later in our service, and we'll be collecting those at the very end. And then the second thing you want to get out is this sheet of notes. It's a half sheet of notes. A few fill-in-the-blanks there to help you learn and to give you space in the margins to jot down ideas and concepts and things that you will learn as we go along. I'm always aware that Mother's Day is a really mixed bag. I learned that lesson the really hard way one Sunday, years and years and years ago. It was one of the first times I ever preached on Mother's Day, so it was like 40 years ago. And when church was all done and everybody was dismissed, I looked down here and sitting down here in about the second row was a guy who looked like he was just lost. He was in his early 20s and and so I, I went down to, to talk with him because uh, he was, looked like he was just frozen there. And uh, he was relatively new to our church. And, and uh, so I said, John, are you okay? 
He said, this is the worst day of the year. I said, how so? He said, you know, when I was a year and a half old, my mother abandoned me under a bush. And the neighbors found me. I've never met my mother from that day on. I don't know where she is. But he, he, he said, what would be so wrong with me that my mother would leave me under a bush? I'm well aware that on this Mother's Day, there are some of us who would love to be mothers, and we've just never been able to do that, for whatever reason it is. And that there are some of us who are mothers who have lost a child, or maybe more than one child. And this day just sort of brings all that stuff up. And for some of us, we would love to have had a good mother. But unfortunately, that was just... That wasn't our story. Um, So, I'm aware of that. I'm also aware that for for some of us, this is our favorite day of the year. We love it. And, and, And so, regardless of the joy or the pain you bring into this day, we're going to talk about one mother's story. Um, And I'm just going to trust that God will show you how that might work in your life and what lesson you can learn out of this lady's life. So I have a question for all of you who are mothers. Do you ever feel challenged in that role? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. Do you ever feel overwhelmed? Yeah, of course you do. Have you ever felt like the odds were stacked against you? Maybe you're a single mom. And and you feel like, man, I'm trying to be mom. I'm trying to be dad. I'm trying to do all this stuff. I'm trying to shuffle my kids back and forth. Maybe you're the mother of a special needs child. Or in some cases, more than one special needs child. You know, I know that all of us are challenged. Well, I want us to learn some lessons from the life of a mother who had the odds incredibly stacked against her. Her name was Jochebed. And life was never, ever easy for Jochebed. She was born into a home and into a family who had been slaves for over 300 years. That's Ten generations. Her grandmother, great-grandmother, great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great, back there, ten generations. All of them had been slaves. She lived in a part of town that was reserved only for slaves. It was called the slaves' quarters. Her childhood was filled with hard work, interrupted by a few very simple pleasures. Life was never easy for Jochebed. It was always a challenge. Somewhere in her late teens or early 20s, her parents arranged for her marriage. And she met the man who would become her husband. And and one of the great joys of, of her life was the day that she and Amram were married. It was one of those few simple pleasures. But it didn't really change a whole lot about her life. Amram was a slave too. So 
there they were in slavery, and it wasn't long after they got married that Jochebed became pregnant, and she gave birth to a daughter, and she and her husband Amram named that daughter Miriam. And a few years later, they got pregnant again, and this time they had a son, and they called him Aaron. But things were changing politically in the country. And the master country, which was Egypt, there was tension between Egypt and this group of slaves that people called Israel. And times were tough, really tough. But they were about to get a lot tougher. And that's where we'll pick up the story from Scripture. Here's what the Bible says. Says Pharaoh, now that's the king of Egypt, gave this order to all of his people. I want you to throw every Hebrew boy, and Hebrew was another word for Israelite. So I want you to throw every Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. Can I pull over to the side of the road for just a minute and say, can you imagine the chaos in our country if our government gave that order. Every pregnant mother here, if you didn't know the gender of your child, the day that you went into labor would be this massive day of just fear. I hope it's not a boy. Hope it's not a boy. Stuff. Life was never easy for Jochebed. And about this time, Jochebed became pregnant and gave birth to, of all things, a son. And she saw that he was a special baby. If there's ever an understatement in the Bible, that's it right there. I don't care what your child looks like. Every mother picks up her child and thinks, this is the greatest child in the whole world. Right? Of course. Have you seen a picture of my baby? And they will show you a picture of a baby and the ears stick out. And there's a little sprig of hair up here. And anyone else would look at that child and go, ooh, glad that's not mine. And the mother goes, isn't he beautiful? And we all lie. And go, yep. That's just how it works. And that's where we can learn a wonderful lesson from Jochebed. And the lesson is this. Mothers make a difference because they see beauty in their children. There's a reason the old adage says, there's nothing like a mother's love. And one of the things that astounds us, all of us, is that when a child makes decisions that you know break their mother's heart. The mother never gives up on that child. The whole world struggles with the child, but not mom. I'm always reminded of the cartoon I saw years ago of a marching band, and everyone in the marching band was in perfect unison, and they all had their right leg up, and one kid had his left leg up, And the mother said, well, how about that? The whole band's out of step but Johnny. (laughs) Look at that. You know, I, I just, mothers, I want you to know, 
that deep down inside, all of us who are sons and daughters love it when we feel special. And no one in the world can, can communicate that specialness to us like you do. It's one of the great, great gifts of motherhood. So, let's pick up the story after that because Jochebed has a choice to make. Look at the next thing the Bible says. And she kept him hidden for three months. Now to you and me, that's just a little phrase. But friends, you have to just walk with that phrase for a minute. For three months, this mother lived in constant fear that her child would be discovered and the child and she would both be killed. Executed. She kept him hidden for three months. Now, we go to a different part of the Bible and we learn that there was something going on in Jochebed. And there was something between Jochebed and God and this lady who was born in this slave nation and, and for whom life had always been tough. She had a deep, deep, deep faith in God. And the Bible says it is by faith that Jochebed hid Moses. In spite of what was going on in the nation, in spite of the political unrest, in spite of the order given by the king to have him thrown in the Nile River, Jochebed believed against all of those odds that God had a plan for her son's life. And Jochebed knew that though she did not know what that plan was, she had a part to play in that son's life. And so by faith, she hid him. Here's what I want us to learn from that. Mothers make a difference when they take faith steps for their children. And Jochebed took a huge risk. There were many other Israelite mothers who just gave their sons up and they were thrown in the Nile River and the crocodiles ate them and that was the end of that. But by faith, Jochebed said, I'm not doing that. I'm going to do everything I can to give my son the opportunity to grow up and step into the life that God has for him. When she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar in pitch, and she put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. And the baby's sister, that's Miriam that we talked about earlier, then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the river bank. And when the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. And when the princess opened it, she saw the baby and the little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. Don't you love that? God just orchestrated that. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Uh, Should I go find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. 
and I will pay you for your help. Only women in history get paid to nurse her own kid. That's pretty cool, don't you think? So the woman took her baby home and nursed him, and later when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her own son. You know, it's easy for us to read that and it just sort of glide right on through it. But friends, let's just stop and acknowledge something. Jochebed was forced to make a decision that no mother should have to make. She could either have her son killed or let somebody else raise him. I just want that to sink in. You talk about having the odds stacked against you. It's not enough that you're a slave. It's not enough that your family has been a slave for 300 years. It's not enough that you're not going to get very many pleasures in life. It's not even enough that, that, that your children, even when you give birth to them, you know they're going to be a slave for the rest of their life. They're never going to own any land. They're never going to really have a house. They have nothing really that they can look forward to except a few of the very simplest pleasures in life. And on top of that, now you have a son and you're forced to make this decision that you can either have him killed or let somebody else raise him. And in the cruelest of ironies, the very people who are going to raise him are the people who would have killed him. He's going to go live in Pharaoh's house. Tough choice. But you know, God has a way, when we trust Him, God has a way of taking whatever we will do that is a faith step in His direction, no matter how messed up it is, no matter how much the odds are stacked against it, no matter how hard or difficult it is, if we will bring that situation to God and we will do our part, whatever our part can be, and we bring that situation to God, He has a way of bringing the best out of it. Think about this. Only woman in history that I know of who got paid to nurse her own kid. How's that for a role reversal? Yeah. Now listen, I don't know altogether what was going on in Amram and Jochebed's house, but I can tell you this, there was a faith that was deep, deep, deep. Because they had Moses until Moses was probably six or seven, and that was it. But by the time Moses left their house and went to live in Pharaoh's palace to be raised by Pharaoh's daughter, and he went from being a slave to being the son of the king's daughter, a prince in in Pharaoh's palace. But Moses never forgot who he was. In spite of the fact that he was surrounded by all the best that Egypt had, on the inside, Moses was always an Israelite because somehow his mother and his dad had taught him that there was one true God. And Moses never became this polytheistic Egyptian who had idols to the sun god and all these other gods. 
in his heart and in his soul after only six or seven years of teaching by his mother and his dad, Moses knew who he was. He never got um, seduced by all of the finery of Egypt. There was something going on in that home. It was just wonderful. Because Amram and Jochebed had three kids. Moses became the great deliverer of the entire nation. His older brother Aaron became the first and founding high priest of the nation of Israel. And their older sister Miriam became the spiritual leader of the women of Israel. And they all came out of one home, one slave's home, in the midst of massive chaos and political tension. Is that pretty cool? My friends, that's the message for those of us who struggle and when you struggle. If you take whatever it is and you bring it to God, here's the principle we can learn. Mothers make a difference when they take exceptional risks and make extraordinary sacrifices for their children. And so moms, there's three ways that you can make a difference. Uh, and I just want you to take those this week and let them soak in, 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 down into your, your soul and your spirit. And regardless of whether your children are little or, or you're more of a grandmother now than you are a mother, it doesn't, you're still a mother, I know that, okay? I know how that works, okay? You can still see beauty in your children. You can still take faith steps for your children and you can still... Uh, take um, extraordinary risks and make extraordinary sacrifices on behalf of your children. I would love for us to acknowledge all the moms. You guys make such a difference. Would you stand and let's let the mothers know how much we appreciate how they are walking with God, what they mean to us. Mothers, would you please stand? Let's applaud moms. And you guys can remain standing. I know that's awkward. Please remain standing. These are the Jochebeds of today. You got it? Okay. I want to pray for our mothers. Father, in the same way that you met Jochebed in her deepest, darkest hours, in the midst of tremendous chaos and fear, and you gave her a faith to do what she could do and to take extraordinary risks and to make huge sacrifices. And, and just as you met her in those moments, and you guided her through, and she got to step into the life you have for her, and in the process, her children got to step into the life that you have for them. Would you help every mother, every grandmother who's standing here this morning, would you enable them to take whatever their circumstances are to you. And God, I know you're going to meet them just like you met Jochebed. And you're going to make a huge difference. And these ladies are going to get to step into the life you've always had for them. Regardless of how the odds are stacked against them, it's going to be a good life. And their children are going to get to step into the life 
that you've always had for them. So, Father, we salute your wonderful choices. We bless you for the whole concept of motherhood and a mother's love. And we commit these ladies to you and thank you for them. We pray it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Thank you, ladies. You may be seated. Now, listen. I have one other thing I, that I want to say, okay? And I want to point us to a passage of Scripture. Take a look up on the screen at what the Apostle John said here in John chapter 14 and, and verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I want to spend the next two or three minutes talking to those in our audience who, if I were to ask you today, are you a Christian, you would either look at me and say, uh, no, I'm not, or you would look at me and say, I don't know. Okay? Because God has a message for you this morning. And I, I know that you probably came thinking I was going to talk only to mothers and, and you know, what's the deal? I, I want to tell you what the deal is. In the same way that God met Jochebed, and she ended up discovering what her purpose in life was. And she was able to live it out. And at the end of her life, I know, if you had interviewed Jochebed and said, hey, Jochebed, how was your life? She would have said, I've lived the most amazing life. I started out a slave and afraid that my children would live all their lives in slavery. And at one point, I thought I was going to lose Moses. But in the end, look at the life I got to live. Here's what Jesus says. He said, just what I was to Jochebed, I will be to you. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the way in this life. No one can guide you through this life like Jesus can. And he wants you to know that. And he wants to meet with you. And even if the odds are stacked against you, he is your way in this life. And he says, I'm the truth. I will always tell you the truth about life and I will guide you in such a way that the truth blesses you even if it starts out to be a tough truth. I will make sure you understand what that truth is and I will show you how to apply that truth in your life in such a way it brings out beauty in you you could never bring out on your own. And I am your life. I am the life. If you want to step into a life that you could never make on your own, Jesus says, Come and follow me. Now listen, you don't get to be a Christian by going to church a certain number of times and all of a sudden, voila, I am one. That's not how that works. You don't get to be a Christian when your good deeds somehow outweigh your bad deeds. No, that has nothing to do with being a Christian. You don't get to be a Christian by just being a good sort of Christian type person or even living by Christian values. There's only one way you get to be a Christian. You have to tell God you want to be one. You have to make that choice. No one can make it for you. Your parents couldn't make it for you when you were born. At some point, you have to make that on your own. They could take you to church. 
They could have you dedicated like the parents did today. But in the end, that's your choice. And, and that's the choice God gives to every one of us today. So on this Mother's Day, and you find yourself at church, my prayer has been that for every one of you that God has been working upstream in your life, and he brought you here today so you could hear this message, that you will take a faith step to follow Christ. And I'm going to make it easy for you, because here's how you can tell God, I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and you can repeat the prayer after me, and you can make a decision that will change the rest of your life and actually change your eternity. So let's all bow our heads and pray. And then if, you, if you're making this decision, okay, I want you to repeat this. You can repeat it quietly where you are, or you can stand and shout it. I really don't care. God really doesn't care, all right? But the deal is, I want you to tell him. Here's the prayer. Heavenly Father, today I choose to become a follower of Christ. I acknowledge that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm transferring my trust from myself to him. He is, from this day on, my Savior. I trust Him to forgive my sins, guide me in this life, and raise me to the life to come. And I pray in His name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.